Welcome everybody to Video Nights. This is Michael and my co-host Andrew. Andrew. How's it going, Andrew? I'm 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 human. Fine. Human. Fine. I'm fine from human. What? Are you sure? Human. Michael, human. Okay, so you did the alien thing. See, I had a whole alien <laughs> thing planned, and you were like, what's going on? I had yeah. some stupid nonsense about invasion of the radio announcers. How do you like my new voice? This is Michael, Planet Michael. Whatever, I had some nonsense going on there, and you just ruined it. <laughs> this is about alien invasions, basically. No, it's not. No, no. There's no such thing as alien invasions. It's all false. Those people out there that are staring at you, they are not aliens. They're just weirdos. Did just you ever people. watch the TV show Upright Citizens Brigade? I did, of course. Yes. Affirmative, Captain. One of my favorite episodes is with the Hong Kong Danger Duo. It's the same episode as astronaut Mike. He comes back and they're all being super racist at him. Do you remember this? No, no, I have no idea. What would it take for you two to finally believe that this astronaut is just a human being? If he's a real American human, then he'll eat this here American cheeseburger. Yeah, unless, of course, your stomach serves as an incubator for an alien fetus. Or it's filled with antimatter. Or it's got one of them little virtual Everybody! robots. Everybody! That- Eat the cheeseburger, Astro Boy! Eat the cheeseburger, Astro Boy! Eat the Give me that. Mike, I apologize, but would you indulge these buffoons and would you eat a cheeseburger? Fine, I'll just need a blender. Why would you need a blender? It was just a humor joke. Perhaps he is a real American, protected by the Constitution of the United States. <laughs> Yeah, I always like that as an alien invasion sort of thing that uh, the bigots are actually correct. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So on television, invasion movies are fairly popular. They come about, you know, we've had V, we had the War of the Worlds TV show, uh, there's the Invaders. We're not really discussing those. I really wanted to discuss V, but you are correct. Miniseries do not count as right. what we usually discuss. So we are sticking strictly to uh, invasion movies where it's like a, a large amount. We're not talking even single aliens coming to Earth. We're talking like massive amount yeah. coming down to our planet yeah. and yes, trying yes, to take indeed. over. There are so many of these. There are so many alien invasion movies. The concept is the probably most popular science fiction trope at all. So we're actually just going to focus on the tiniest fraction of alien invasion movies the list just keeps going and going and going and sure there are better ones than what we're going to talk about but tough we're going to be talking about these so here we go the first one we got is invaders from mars david gardner just woke up to a nightmare in his own backyard But no one will listen. No one will believe. I told you, he needs psychiatric help. And soon, no one will be left. Dad, are you okay, Dad? Fine. Because something strange is happening to the people of Willow Creek. Everything's fine now. And David Gardner is about to find out why. David! I'm gonna find my mom and dad! David Gardner! Canon Films presents Toby Hooper's 
Invaders from Mars. There's no place on Earth to hide. This is a strange one because you really enjoy the 86 version, am I correct? I mostly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as I watched it. I know it's a silly, doofy movie. Yeah, it's a little clumsy. I was watching the original. Yes. And it is really unnerving and creepy for the first half. And then the last half hour descends into, oh, that's right. That's what they used to think aliens were going to look like on the big screen. That's the kind of money they would spend on something like this. You know, it falls apart in the last half. And I think that... You're talking about the bulbous-headed guy with the tentacle shoulders? Yeah, well, that and and the reused footage of the aliens coming in doing the same thing over and over. It was very odd. So I don't think it holds up very well in the last half. Right. So I feel like Toby Hooper saw a chance to take a childhood favorite yes. and update it with new special effects. You know, now that we could actually do that kind of thing, yes. Canon was going to foot the bill. Oh, the end, I, the monsters are clumsy. I still think they're goofy, <laughs> but they're original. They are original. I've yeah. never really seen anything Stan like it, Winston. but it's still like, what? Good old Stan Winston. Those were his monsters. They're weird looking, man. This is a Golan Globus movie, by the way. This is the point where they had a lot of money. There was a three-year period where they had a ton of cash. They were making a lot of movies. This is... And pretty much... They had made Life Force. Right. They thought that they did an okay deal. At the time, they were like, Toby Hooper is our Spielberg. Yeah. And so they kind of gave him what he wanted to do, and then they freaked out when they realized what he wanted to do. <laughs> Force. I believe Invaders from Mars was already in production before Life Force had come out, before they lost their butt on it. And I do believe they signed a three-picture deal with him, so part of it was that he had to make up for it, basically, by doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which of the trilogy of movies that he did for them, that's probably probably the best one but that's the best one yes actually that's the one that's closest to his heart anyway so he just kind of made a parody of his first movie you're right and a lot of people were mad at the time the vaders from mars was of the three movies he did for them was the only one that you could really play on television right without edits if you edit out all the nudity and life force it's 12 minutes long you took out all the gore <laughs> of texas chainsaw massacre 2 you are in negative minutes you might have a minute of dennis hopper picking up the chainsaw and that's it so it's shorter than a trailer yeah it's, but uh yeah. invaders from mars was part of that package that canon would put together to sell to you know those little channels yeah the, the little sub channels before fox took over over the WB. Yep. Uh, they were independent stations and they always buy those movie packages because they had no money so they had to go with like low-end kind of companies. Right. And I remember my local channel bought a big package from Canon Pictures so you would get like the Hercules movies and the Death Wish and Invaders from Mars was part of that package and I would say every three months on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning Invaders from Mars was on. I hadn't seen it in its entirety until this last time until hunting it down and finding it. I had only seen bits and pieces and I was always like wondering I think at the time, I didn't like the kid. But now I actually do like the kid. The kid is a good yeah, kid actor. He is. He is like the alternate world version of that kid from Last Action Hero. Yeah, oh my god. Where he's he so does good. it and all the crap out of he's you. He's so good in, in this movie. I know it's not the same actor, but the, the same, sorry, Last Action Hero kid, Austin, whatever his name is. Uh, not a very good actor. I actually quite enjoy Last Action Hero, but that's for a different Yeah, it's episode. also for a different reason that you enjoy it, not for his acting. Yes. There's a certain kind of... Oh, come on! way that they like yeah that come on sound isn't like natural where you go oh come on that's more natural than oh come on i'm a kid actor 
you know. I want to remove your tongue. <laughs> so, so this kid is actually one of my favorite things about the movie because he's really credible. And Karen Black and is it, pretty good too. Yeah, it's surprising that she's. This is right as her career was starting to fade away. You know, she stopped being like a good supporting actress in studio films. You know, people started leaving her behind, and she started showing up in independent movies. And this is probably one of her better ones. And uh, Timothy Bottoms from The Last Picture Show and the Trey Parker Matt Stone sitcom on Comedy Central. And that's my bush he's the president in residence he's kind of in charge he's got the whole country saying that's my bush life is hard that's the price of fame when you're president everyone knows your name hey what's that thing it's my bush i can't believe he's actually in the white house that's our man Where he played George W. Bush in a sitcom complete with Wacky Neighbor. He's the dad. He's like the greatest dad. And when he's a pod person, or actually, no, this isn't quite a pod person. These people here have transmitters embedded into their necks. What happens is there's a, a spaceship that lands behind their house in this hillside, whatever. They go up the hill, and then they come back, and they're automaton people. Except it's just a transmitter that's embedded into their neck that controls their mind. And that's what the kid is freaking out about the whole time. Because he sees spaceship happen he sees everything happen as it comes down and lands behind the hill and he's like don't go up behind the hill it's like a paranoia film but from a kid's perspective can i tell you that it's kind of frightening right now there's a bag that we pulled out of the closet and uh, i'm starting to see little spiders everywhere everywhere and it's reminded me of kingdom of the spiders or whatever is invasion of the giant spider it's a little unnerving as i'm recording this i'm seeing about four spiders and it's making me a little nervous <laughs> it's a little creepy yes as they crawl into my brain arachnophobia now timothy bottoms is probably the most famous of the bottoms brothers and I have to tell you, I get confused. There's like four of them that have acted, and I get very, very confused on who is who. I swear Timothy Bottoms was in a movie, Shining Season, he was. It's almost impossible to find. I think it's on YouTube right now, but Shining Season is probably his best performance. He, It's a true story about this Olympic runner wow. that ended up getting cancer yeah. in his leg and how he decides to keep going no matter what, even though it is killing him. His performance just brings you to tears. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, old dramas do not sell well on DVD, so you're more likely to see you know, some of his Z movies. He did a lot of Z movies after this that were barely released yeah and uh I, I would say this is worth checking out just as a nostalgia piece on my side but you probably have a different opinion on that well because i don't like nostalgia but yeah, yeah. we talked about this in the crossover iron giant episode where i'm nostalgic for things that came before me not things that i lived through but it's only a specific chunk of time so this is like a an 80s version of a 50s movie and it feels like a 50s movie of all of the remakes that were in the 80s of those old movies we got the thing the blob the fly and invaders from mars Are, am i missing any are those the four big remakes majors yeah i guess um i don't have a list of remakes in my head i'm sure there are, yeah, but, are others but i feel like this is the one that's kind of been left behind yeah it has been left behind i think it's worth watching simply for the sets because uh-huh. the sets have a sort of uh, a surreality to them they're painted backdrops when he looks over the <laughs> hill out of his backyard it's obviously a set and it's it's old school looking but it's surreal in that it's familiar and all that. And also the fence that goes up over the hill is almost an exact replica of the original fence. Yeah, it almost completely. Yeah, so I mean... You know what's funny? I'm watching the spider get a little bit closer and I want to smash and go, Gotcha, suckers! Do you remember Bowfinger? The chubby rain alien invasion movie? <laughs> oh, he God, goes, right. just look at the camera and say, Gotcha, suckers! We need that! We need it for that! What? Oh. So if you hear me yelling, Gotcha, suckers, it's actually relevant to the episode in a little bit. <laughs> Arr! 
Spiders! Sorry. So <laughs> you're, you're so distracted by the spiders. I am. They're getting a little bit closer, and it's making me nervous. Uh, Invaders from Mars is an anomalous flick too. It, like we just said, it's 50s as done by the 80s. But it's also if you want to see some really bonkers alien designs, they're really weird. Yeah. It also very, doesn't try to gross strange. you out. The special effects aren't meant to be like let's blow your mind with how disgusting we can get. Yeah, they're actually big giant brains with mouths. There's one that looks like Kang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My legions are waiting in Dimension X. Oh, right. <laughs> it really looks exactly like him. He's the brain alien. Anyway, it's worth a watch. There's not a whole lot you can actually say too much about it, except the whole paranoia thing, little kid, teacher helps him. It's cool. What it is is it's a, a lazy Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah, and that's usually when I would see it, actually. That's usually when it aired. Exactly. All right, our second movie is... Attack the Block. From the producers of Shaun of the Dead. Yo, check it. It's an invasion. Of course it is. It's inner city. Versus outer space. Even if it is an alien inflation, we got nothing to worry about. It's hilarious. Believe it. <laughs> Wildly entertaining. Whoa! Can someone please tell me what's going on? And terrifyingly funny. We'll have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. Attack the block. <laughs> Attack the block. Bomber clock. I don't know how to do. <laughs> I always think of that whenever I try to say attack the block in a British accent, it comes out all mutilated. You gotta think Ali G because these are these are chavs. That's it, that's exactly what I was trying to do. I was like, how can I make this ridiculous? Attack the block, bruv. You know what I mean? It's not a block, bruv. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> this movie, and we're not gonna talk about that first. We're gonna talk about the controversy around this movie, which was... What's the controversy? The accents. This was a thing. Okay. When this movie was about to hit America, there were at least a few articles about how American audiences most likely wouldn't be able to understand the dialect. Oh, yeah, right. And thus, should there or shouldn't there be subtitles? Now, I don't remember seeing this movie with subtitles. I did not. I saw it in the theater oh. at the Bell Court in Nashville, and I think maybe there were subtitles, but I don't remember them at all. But I can follow all the dialogue. I mean, sometimes it's difficult. Oh, man, ever does is blaze water them big bugs and watch the nature channel you'll identify that thing for real all right let me bail him up it was madness fam the beast of brixton we were crazy kicking that but if you just watch the movie You'll pick it up easy. Yeah, and the funny thing is, this is a movie with mostly kids. You know, ones that haven't have gone through the process of, uh, let's lighten up your accent so that international audiences can, you know, they haven't gone through that kind of training. So it's pretty authentic. This is one of the first movies with John Boyega in it. Right. He's the main hero, Moses. John Boyega, of course, listeners out there, you guys know him now as Finn in the brand new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. Attack the Block is interesting because it's similar in a way to another movie we're going to talk about much later uh, in the motivations of the aliens. Because it's a bunch of kids versus aliens in an apartment block in London. The aliens come down, there's a scene where the kids walk up to it. The pod right. or whatever, the meteorite that crashed to the ground that the alien was encased in. And it's cracked open and it looks like a mold. Actually like what a sculptor would use to duplicate his sculpture. Yeah. So this is the part that I noticed last time where I, I got my gears turning. 
Mm-hmm. Are these things weapons? Or are these creatures a weapon from a bigger... You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was designed so that someone else could come down. Like the way the xenomorphs, those are weapons, right? They're... Yeah. Well, I'm confused now because Prometheus seems to be changing a little bit. But they're basically designed. I think they were sent down by a stronger race. These are like... Do you think that about Attack the Block? Yeah, these are stronger. like their hunters. They send down their dogs of war or whatever you want to call them to rip apart people and then they'll come down after our race is wiped out and basically take over our planet without actually having to destroy things. Most of these alien movies have all, like lately, ever since like Independence Day, have been about massive, massive destruction. And you're like, if you're going to take over, what the hell is left? It's like coming into someone else's apartment, destroying everything, going, mine now. Oh, there is, there's no couch. There's no, uh, there's nothing here. Well, uh, crap. Well, with that brilliant Edge of Tomorrow movie, they were just taking resources. So mass destruction didn't matter. They wanted to take the resources of planet Earth. I don't, I don't. Do you think those movies that do the resource thing, like V also did that, uh, do you think that's a metaphor on us taking oil? Oh, absolutely. Well, countries? it's not just oil. It's, it's water now. It's water. not just oil. It's not just water. It's any resources that we, the Empire, Empire America, Empire UK, the Western Empire, and everybody who's got their tentacles wrapped together around each other, scratching each other's backs, so to speak. Yes, it's a metaphor for that, and how would we like it? But we're always fighting it. That's a whole conspiracy theory topic where Hollywood is part of this machine, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you're going by the conspiracy theory of the massive elite. But they keep on making these movies in which they're like kind of arrogantly saying, yeah, we know we're the bad guys, but you can't do anything about it. But right. here's a story about some guy doing something about it. So, and winning, kind yeah, of. Yeah, the funny thing is how few of us actually, that idea leaks into their brand. They're usually just like, oh yeah, I just want to see aliens get shot. It's like the zombie movies. People who don't get that they're usually metaphorical for something going on in our world. And all they can think about is, yeah, I want an alien invasion. I just want to shoot things in the head. So attack the block is just a siege movie, if you will. It's like John Carpenter's uh, Assault, Assault of Precinct, Precinct 13. 13. Yes. Except it's um, with a bunch of British kids. And they're bad British kids. And the thing that's good about it is that they're not just bad British kids. They're bad British kids because, and then they explain their situation. They have no rudder. They're rudderless children. Right. And Moses is their boss, their leader, except he's not even that much of a boss. Yeah, he's pretty reluctant. Yeah, they just follow him. And uh, there's some tragedy involved, you know. Some of the kids have to die. In every movie, whoever is in the cast, and it's an alien movie, somebody has to die. Yeah, but it's usually grown-ups, which surprised me that they were like just, well, it ups the stakes. If they're going to kill children, then anybody can go. Uh, This is a written and directed by Joe Cornish, who is the writing partner, sometimes writing partner of Edgar Wright. They worked on Ant-Man before it got taken away from them. It's His direction isn't exactly as fun or kinetic or as interesting as Edgar, but the subtext is just as strong. My wife was watching this with me, and she was just like, I don't like the kids. Because she remembers seeing it the first time, and I remember being like just the halfway point, I was just kind of annoyed. Before all the kids started growing, their characters start growing, especially Moses. His character starts growing. Yeah. And you see why things happen, and the dynamics between the other characters that are there. It's got a lot better subtext than most uh, alien invasions. That's what I... Yeah, most of them are either about pure fear or pure action, and this one balances out, you know, a lot of humanity. If you didn't like the characters, you wouldn't care what happens to them. Right. Most of these movies ignore that. They just want the rush of the, you know, the fear. And this one, you spend time with these characters, you get to know them, but it doesn't bog that down. It doesn't stop dead and then have these long scenes that make the movie slow down. It it's really well paced. Yeah, it is uh, the movies that we're going to discuss. I think it's the best pace 
film that just keeps going. Has a couple of quiet moments, fun moments. I think there is a problem, the, the Lost in Translation thing. I think it's valid in that the accents are a bit strong if you're not used to them. So people don't yeah. really know this movie very much. You know what? I, I'm starting to think now that I did have to turn on the subtitles. Because I, I, I was like, wait, what? I'm not sure. You know, I had to rewind it and then put the subtitles on and I'd turn them off or whatever. And eventually I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to leave them on. <laughs> hey, uh, I do that now on television shows sometimes. Hulu or whatever. We'll just put subtitles on if yeah. for whatever reason. I forget. If the soundtrack's too loud or something. Whatever. We just put the subtitles on. It just kind of helps the, you sometimes. This one's probably the most recent. Yeah, I believe, what yeah, we're it gonna is. Discuss. So you can see how movies have changed from just like late '70s, early '80s invasion movies to now. Now the pacing is so much more comic book. The characters themselves—they used to be slimy, you know, kind of cliche. They all kind of look the same. This one takes a totally different approach with the creatures. Yeah, it makes them very iconic because you've never really seen anything like it. If you're gonna boil it down to any sort of generic description, you're just gonna say furry gorillas. Which with glowing teeth. Yeah, their teeth are amazing. That's a practical effect, right? That is not CGI. Yeah. That was done with, like, lighting. Yeah, it's practical. Molded plastic teeth filled with uh, blue liquid. At least that's what it seemed to be. Oh, that's not what I expected at all. I thought it was lighting on... Um, I thought they are using black light on very, very white teeth. Oh, no. I, 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 I could be wrong. That. Okay. Uh, there, there was a scene where it, at least for this scene when it died it seemed that the liquid was pulled out of the teeth and oh. went dim. That's where I got oh, okay. that from. But I, I do believe uh, you're right that it is practical. Those are all monkey suits and stuff. Well, actual design. Better than monkey suits but yes. Now, the alien invasion stories, they've come kind of started with the Puppet Masters. Am I correct? Is that the very first of those kind of stories from Robert Heinlein? I don't know. I don't know anything about, like, books, fiction, you know? You don't read? I oh. Come on. No, I'm pretty sure that I, I, go to, I start reading a book, an actual book with pages, and I, I, I'm immediately put to sleep. Wow. So I'm pretty sure that they started with Robert Heinlein's The Puppet Masters. An unexpected guest has arrived. Something unusual was reported entering our atmosphere last night. And soon, everyone's life will be transformed because this guest isn't just visiting. Still moving. What the hell is that? It's looking for a home. The probe penetrates the brain while these hooks lock into the spinal column. Using us like puppets? We're being manipulated. You can't move unless they let you. We've lost a town, now we've lost an army. You can't scream until they make you. You can't escape when the enemy is within you. Donald Sutherland. Get it off him! Get it off The Puppet Masters. Now, here's the funny thing is, when this came out, they had to work very, very hard to separate itself from the Puppet Master from Full Moon. In a house of mysteries, a research team with special powers has uncovered an ancient secret. Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. But they are playing with an evil force. They have given life to a deadly power. And now, a box of little toys has become a gang of little terrors. Pinhead, Blade, Ms. Leach, Jester, and Tunneler. Irene Miracle, Paul Lamatt, Barbara Crampton, and William Hickey as... The Puppet Master.
I mean, we're talking at this point, I think there was four Puppet Masters. They had done very well in video. And you're trying to put this out in theaters, and it must be like, we have to slap Robert Heinlein on there, even though probably 90% of the people that see the trailer for this are not going to know who that is. Yeah, and Full Moon's Puppet Master, that didn't hit theaters at all, did it? I, I don't know if the first one actually did or not. So. I'm it's, pretty it's, sure it did. It's a pretty decent budget at Paul Lamatt, but I think at this point, to get out of legal loopholes, I think it might have had to go into video, because this is when Charles Band was in serious financial trouble. He was having his company taken away from him, Epic, and he had lost, what's the other company he had? Empire! You know, all those companies were taken away from him because he was behind on, it's a long story, I don't know if I should even bother going into it, but let's just say there was a reason why that probably had to go straight to video. Ah, I see. But still, anybody who went to get a video would see at least one of those movies on the new release shelf. They came out so often. They're still making them, right? I think so. Now it's Puppet Master, Old Folks Home, or something like that. Oh, we're falling apart, give me some pudding, I'll kill you with my knife. Doll Man versus the Evil Bong. Uh, speaking of Evil Bong, I still cannot believe that I was promoting and hyping and going around town giving away free posters for Evil Bong 3, just so I could get a free ticket to Evil Bong 3D. I'm an idiot. Why? I just wanted to go. It seemed exciting. They're coming to Portland. They're like, here, here's a bunch of free posters and movie tickets for Evil Bong 3D. Why? And I end up giving away all these posters, traveling around everywhere, and then it turns out I had to work. <laughs> I couldn't get the night off. <laughs> So I gave the tickets away. So you are one of those guys that really likes terrible, terrible movies. Just kind of by default. No? No, I don't. I had never I had never even seen an Evil Bong movie. It just seemed like something fun to do. I've seen one now, and it's the worst piece of shit yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I, th- I thought that you were one of those people. One of those people. I like trashy movies. I just don't like insane. You better entertain me. And it's boring. It's so boring. Oh, my God. It's just standing in one room while evil puppet Bong talks, and people are like, ah! Oh, I want to get high. Uh, uh. And that's it. For 90 minutes, you're like, how has this lasted three movies? How has Ginger Dead Man lasted so many entries? Puppet Masters. I went to the theater and saw this. The second day it was out, and it was empty. Yeah, of it course was it was empty. empty. It's not, it's a very zero style movie. But it's got a compelling storyline, and it is... Yeah, it's more military, government... Pod people movie. Yeah, it's one of those kind of movies, but the performances are really, really great. Donald Sutherland, oddly enough, Donald Sutherland is so relaxed in this, I thought maybe he was on medication. It's not a bad performance, but for the most part, he seemed to be just like, eh, I've done this before, let's go. Yeah, well, okay, because he did do it before. Yeah, he did do it before. I'm surprised he even took this role. Right? Well, that he, they wanted him because of that role. Probably. And with that role, we're talking about 1978. I mean, who else would they have got? John Lithgow, Rudger Howard. They would have got somebody, you know, of that era. And I guess if they're going to go, well, this guy was in a hit movie 20 years ago. Let's do it again. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version. This is the chunk that we're actually just going to talk about pod people. They come from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet. They come from a dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt and they survive. The function of all life is survival. There's something in the air, and it feels like fear. They're infecting our planet. Bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super scope screen. There's something in the night, and it seems like terror. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. There's someone in your bed, and it looks like you. A cursed, dreadful, malevolent thing was happening to those he loved. Life will be simpler now. The only thing missing will be you. Suddenly, while you're asleep, they'll absorb your minds, your memories. I don't want any part of it. You're forgetting something, Miles. What's that? You have no choice. Is it contagious? It's invading people's bodies and reprogramming their DNA. 
From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spreads. As the unimaginable becomes real, the impossible becomes true. People are being duplicated. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. I've seen people at the infirmary exhibiting paranoia. People afraid to sleep. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. Afraid of family members. Destroying everything that makes us human. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You're one of them, aren't you? Body Snatchers. The invasion continues. The invasion. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. They kill to be you. I want to know about the motivations of the aliens. In the first one, and 78, Invasion of the Body Snatcher, was it just an act of nature? Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong movie, but I could have swore that they were just flying through space. Like, there were spores in space, and they just eventually made it through our atmosphere. So it's an act of nature. Yeah, I thought it was an act of nature. So the act of nature, and it's a metaphor for communism infiltrating America. The first version was, and the second version mostly was as well. Because Cold War was still alive in 78. They're both pretty good movies solid all the way around i prefer the Paranoia, i prefer the 70s War. one the 70s there's something just so unbelievably unnerving that dog face yeah. guy thing yes. oh god yes. nightmares all it is is just a mask to put on a dog and the dog's tongue comes out of the mouth and it's really silly looking except it's unsettling it's really unsettling and when you see this clip as a child it just sticks yeah. with you and that's what happened with me i didn't even see the movie until much later when i was a teenager and oh oh that that's the movie with the dog thing yeah. <laughs> why did i even see that when i was six years see, old how did i even see that what it's a rated pg movie too, i had not but... seen that i did not see this version until 2003 2004 okay before that all i remember were clips on tv of donald sutherland pointing his finger going yeah yeah which is yeah, yeah. seriously unnerving so i do that to people i don't like every once in a while if i work with someone who pisses me <laughs> off I'll, I'll be in the back room and i'll point at them i don't know how to do the sound it's it's weird i sound like a moose that was farting so what other pod people movies um well, well invasion there's like what five of inv- the bodies well there's just body snatchers by abel ferrer right which is 95 okay which i actually find entertaining but i heard it that was a mess that the studio just didn't know what to do it they kept editing cutting editing cutting you know and uh, i think ed naha was a co-writer on that with Stuart gordon and i remember him writing about that saying that it was just a pain in the ass to deal with warner brothers and it, i think it barely got released like 500 screens with no promotion whatsoever that was also set on a military base i'm not i'm not sure why things are set on military bases so often when it comes to these sci-fi things yeah uh, that or um some sort of containment uh, which it can be a military base something you can, can contain the threat of it getting out but this isn't a movie that doesn't it, that, you know this and puppet masters don't seem to be concerned with something not getting out because it's already spreading like crazy there's no way to stop it right so well so far invasion of the body snatchers 78 is the pick here yeah that one with uh nicole kidman and uh daniel craig that's just invasion what a invasion that had reshoots to fix the end somehow i remember that movie being all right but it's actually forgettable because i don't nothing resonated with me there's the faculty which is kind of a pod people movie that's memorable which i I like uh, it it doesn't exactly hold up as no the dialogue is so of the moment you watch some of those movies back then post scream and you're just like oh this has not aged well because people do not talk like this urban legend i know what you did last summer you know those kind of movies they tried to mimic scream almost to the t and it just aged it so badly i was like no i just do you think people even watch dawson's creek now uh, i couldn't i mean i didn't 
then I watched like two episodes and was like, no. no I watched it. every single episode, everybody. I watched every single episode like a diehard fan. I was obsessed with the WB for a while, and I watched all of Roswell, all of Buffy, Angel, and Dawson's Creek, and I am a little ashamed of the last one. No. Yet you did not watch the Gilmore Girls. I Shame on watched you. maybe the first Shame. five seasons, and I just never made it back. Oh, oh, so you did see yeah. Gilmore Girls, just not at the same time? It, I, I, while... Well, I stopped right when Emilio Ventimiglia, remember when he got that spinoff episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's when I quit. I was just like, eh, I'm good. Uh, yeah, okay. I got my parents into it, and I got my wife into it. Which is just weird. I'm, you wouldn't expect that of me. Yeah. But what does this have to do with Aliens again? It happened. <laughs> yeah, The Faculty is a movie that is a pod person movie that reflects on other pod people movies. It's weird when they're so meta at this time. They're always reflecting on other movies. It rarely ever works, though. Well, that's a Kevin Williamson movie as well. His whole thing was, gotta yeah. be referential. And that's what that was. It's also the least stylish... Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, movie. it feels like he's just phoning it in just to keep his contract with Dimension good. Yeah, and it's uh, not the worst. What other alien vision? Can't think of anything else really. There's a ton of straight to video Drek that we're not even going to get into. And those are like yeah. Pod People type movies. There's one even called Pod People by Full Moon. Oh, oh, I remember that one. Yeah, oh no, Seed People. You're thinking of Seed, seed people. people. Yes, I'm thinking Seed yeah, People. Yeah, Pod is like People a- is a ripoff from Asylum that came out right at the time of Invasion. Ah, okay. There you go. How would they think that Invasion and Pod People would be confused? No, I don't know. They do that all the time. Like, uh, there's a company called Echo Bridge that releases these DVD sets, and they'll call it Road Fury. Or they'll do, uh, in the heart of the sea, they'll have a ripoff called In the Deep of the Sea. It'll be five old movies from the 50s that are all about whales or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I get what and you're I, saying. And I'm sure they had some sort of Pod People alien set back when this came out, and it's all just, like, horrible, like, public domain movies from the 60s. Yeah, well, I think so far... Still, of those pod people movies, I think 78's the best one. Yeah, it's... uh... The creepiest... It's the most unnerving. I have a lot of affection for Puppet Masters, but I think the one that makes you really uncomfortable and sticks with you is, yeah, the 78 Invasion. And what do you really want? You don't want Spaced Invaders, thanks. You want something that will make you remember it and get under your skin. Yeah, not Pixels. No Pixel. That's an Alien Invasion movie of a totally different kind. Oh, we can't even get into this one, but I'm just throwing it out there. Under the Skin, when I said gets under your skin, there's a movie called Under the Skin, which is an Alien Invasion movie, but it's... It's a really strange one. Scarlett Johansson's in it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's good. All right. You should check it out. It's good. It's got its own deliberate pace. No. So get ready for that. But it's brilliant is what I'm saying. It's also, when you want unnerving, that's what you get. The next flick we have on the list and the last on the list is Slither. When you marry someone, you promise to love them forever, no matter how much. They might change. Baby, what happened to your face? It's just a beef stink. From Universal Pictures. Great is sick or something. Comes a film so shocking. Uh, we got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face ah! of horror. Marriage is a sacred bond. For better or worse. Much worse. Something's wrong with me. Slither. Which is 
another meteor falls out of the sky movie, but it has something in it. And that thing, slugs, a bunch of slugs. Well, it's not just a bunch of slugs. It's a it's a proboscis arrow thing that infects a dude. That dude becomes the male of the species, and then impregnates a lady with his two tubes. So this uh, is James Gunn's directorial debut. The one that almost buried him instantly. I was so stunning that this movie bombed. When I saw trailers for it, and people were claiming, you know, I was like, oh, this is gonna be huge. People were like, finally come around to team Nathan Fillion because Serenity didn't do that well. But you know, it had been on video by that time, so I thought, oh yeah, it's gonna at least do like 25, 30 million, bare minimum. And then I think what it made like eight, nine. Million. Yeah, it didn't do too well. I saw it. Uh, it's on HBO right now. Um, at this moment, gotta so. go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I watched it on HBO Go. I also have the DVD, and I think the Blu-ray is really expensive. There is a four set from Universal with Slither, Funhouse, Phantasm 2, and S- which is a snake something movie. I owned it, but I never got around to watching S- Oh, <laughs> the S noise. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find that on Blu-ray is difficult. I now don't want to watch things that aren't a good picture and an old standard def DVD isn't a good picture anymore. I will take a VHS. I am no snob. I will take a CED disc. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a record with images on it. Look on Video Night on Facebook. Michael posted this thing about CED picture discs. So, Slither, there are problems. Like? Well, the needlessness of references to other movies. Oh, yeah, that that bugs me. Because this is obviously a reference to Night of the Creeps. That's not what bugged me. What? What bugged me is camera work at the very beginning after the meteor hits the ground and splits open. The camera is finding it. And it's done in this sort of Evil Dead style, but it's totally oh. half-assed. It's like an afterthought. Like, oh, well, we we're pushing through the woods. Why don't we just kind of try to do an Evil Dead way? And then they don't reference the Evil Dead thing at all. Oh, well, they do say... Later. You notice like, there's a like, thing I'm reference? talking visually. Yeah, visually, did, did they you don't reference though, it at all. That there's a reference to McCready? Yes, <laughs> I did. I mean, that's it's good. This is a great movie for practical and digital effects. And the digital effects are pretty good when you get down to it. Uh, sometimes they don't exactly work right when the, uh, the flesh rips and the big egg sack lady explodes. The rips don't look quite right. But whatever. I don't care. It was a very small budget movie. To handle that many special effects on, what, $14 million? Right. The deluge of worms that happens right after that makes up for those little rips not looking quite right. Because those worms are all pretty dang good looking. Now, let's not just talk about the special effects. The cast is amazing. And it's very, very funny. My favorite is Greg Henry. Yes, exactly. He has the best line in the movie. Is it the Dr. Pepper one? Yes, it is. Where is the Mr. Pibb? I told your secretary to pack Mr. Pibb. It's the only Coke I like. (laughs) Which is indicative of the South. This is something also that is a trouble uh, with this movie. This movie is set in the South. It's set in some fake town in South Carolina, yet it doesn't look at all like South Carolina. It clearly looks like Canada. Yeah, I lived in South Carolina for a year. It looks not really like that area. There were trees and sometimes pine trees and there was a big lake nearby, but there's no hills, there's no mountains. So, Slither, I like it and I don't like it, but the best thing, as you said, is Greg Henry. The thing about the South is, like, that's the only type of Coke I like. Everything is called Coke. Everything. Really? Yes. If you go to a restaurant, you go, what kind of Coke you got? Well, we got Pepsi, we got Mountain Dew, we got Dr. Pepper, we got... Uh, I'll just take a do you got art? Uh, do you got uh, root beer? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? So that's... <laughs> but what if you actually want a Coke? Well, then Coke... Then you're just confused. Uh, if you're not from Pepsi. around there, like, no, I, I actually literally mean a Coke. Why do you keep offering me all these other... You, you get a Pepsi. <laughs> that is the South. And other than that, you have people doing the Southern accent. But it's not the South. No, it reeks of back bacon. <laughs> but they all actually did... They didn't do the boot thing unless they were talking about their boots. What's that all about? They did the accents just fine. So that's the South. The one moment in this movie that sticks in my mind more than anything else that just makes me so nauseous every time is the gurgle thing with uh, he shoves one into Nathan Fillion's stomach and the other one's coming around and all this goo and slime comes out. This is a barf-tastic movie, but that is the topper for me. Yeah, I was actually surprised this time at how I had seen it, but I had seen it twice. One, I saw it in the theater. Two, I saw it on Halloween when we had a bunch of people around and I was like, let's just gross everybody out. And I put it in. <laughs> and it did. It thoroughly messed people up and they were like oh my god I've never seen anything I was like you guys are sheltered but I hadn't seen it since 2008 maybe and my memory was like yeah it's a pretty cool movie it, it doesn't hold up as, as sharp as, as good as whatever etc sorry it just ages it does and it's, it comes at a time in horror comedy whatever sci-fi movie history in which movies like that pretty much looked exactly they like all that. look like they're they all look canadian a, dude every horror yeah. looks canadian now almost every action movie looks canadian now everything looks canadian or bulgarian cloudy yeah dull. it doesn't have a life cinematography like it needs like you know the coen brothers they do a movie you know it's a coen brothers movie just by yeah it's no signature in how horror movies look anymore you knew when you were a kid watching like john carpenter movies joe dante movies you know you know even spielberg these directors had a very particular look and now it just seems like yes. no one cares about what the movie looks like we got two million we gotta go now so what you have is you have greg henry doing a perfect role as the terrible mayor awesome though and you have practical and some digital effects that are top notch and that's where the money went yeah i, I don't know i still think nathan Fillion's pretty good in it elizabeth banks <laughs> who, elizabeth banks who, who is she banks. elizabeth sorry i had a banks. moment there i almost said mary elizabeth winstead but i was like no hit the brakes now don't say that i you know i think she she starts off kind of i don't really care for her or michael rooker but eventually they come around i don't i don't know the, there's one thing that bothers me ahead. and it's how she says baby <laughs> baby Vibey. Vibey. It's like she doesn't even say the first B. It just implies. Vibey. Vibey. Anyway. Like she's about to barf a little bit. That's all I'll say, baby, after I see this movie. <laughs> okay, bing. <laughs> Lots of drool. Lots of slime. Lots of slime. Well, it it is pretty gross, so the barfy sounds. It is, okay, you were talking about Night of the Creeps. That's the big controversy about this movie. Yeah, it's a, it's influenced. Well, he said that the gore movies, the special effects bonanza movies that he saw growing up, heavily influenced Slither. So you're talking the thing, the fly, the blob, and Night of the Creeps is probably the most obvious of the influences because I don't remember him saying or admitting much to that. It just in a general sense, but he said Cronenberg's movie, right? Slither, not Slither. What is it? Shivers. Shivers. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, he said that was more. Mm. Influential. But you can you can feel it. You can sense a lot of those 80s gore movies are a lot of that vibe sure. in this movie. Absolutely. But I say this movie, in my opinion, still holds up. I think it's an excellent movie. I enjoy a good horror comedy. I want some thrills with some laughs. I rarely ever like straight up horror. Unless it's done very, very well. I don't even think I just said the word horror. I said horror. horror. That's how I say werewolf. I say it like shell. Horror. When I worked at Blockbuster, people would do double takes when I'd say horror. Because horror is horror if 
you actually say it as it's spelled. And when I'd say, oh, it's in the it's in the horror section, they would be like, you have yeah. a you have a horror section. And I don't think that they were being like smartass funny. Now we were not able to get to one movie I really really want to discuss. It kind of falls into a different category because it's not a full blown alien invasion. It's a one alien coming down, and that'll be our next minisode, which is the Blob, the Blob. 1988 remake, which is probably my favorite of all those late 70s 80s remakes of classic horror films all right everybody that's it for us here at video night check us out on facebook video night with an exclamation mark check out all our episodes all right everybody this is michael signing off well that's it everybody all right uh that's it for me Bye. all right have a good night night. i sound like a moose that was farting